Welcome back to The Word on Long Beach, brought to you by The Long Beach Post. I'm your host, Jackie Ray, and I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope you're staying safe as you get out and meet with friends or you're making new friends. It's the new friends that has me really excited because today we are doing what is becoming my favorite podcast series, which is Meet the Staff. And I love this because it gives you a chance to get to know us here at the Long Beach Post on a more personal level. Today, you'll have a chance to get to know Brandon Richardson and you'll find out his road to running the Long Beach Business Journal. But first, redistricting. Hopefully, that is a term you are very familiar with because how those lines are drawn throughout Long Beach will impact our communities for a decade. If you're not sure what it is or how you can voice your opinion on how those lines are drawn, we are going to give you what you need to know right now. Joining me via Zoom is the chair of the Long Beach Independent Redistricting Commission, Alejandra Gutierrez, and she is going to give us some insight on how this process works. So how I, the reason why I wanted to have this conversation, I've come across people who seem to understand the importance of redistricting. However, they don't know really how it works, what the steps are, and how their voices can be heard. So I wanted to make sure that I gave them accurate information. So can you tell us a little bit how, just maybe the history, why is redistricting important? Yeah, redistricting is so important. And you're right. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't really understand its impact. And it's so important to to communicate that. So thank you for reaching out. Um, Redistricting happens every 10 years. um, And this happens at every level um, nationwide. And so this is what creates districts, which will hopefully create um, voting power, right, for accurate and fair representation for those that comprise that district. And so the creation of districts has a lot of criteria that we have to adhere to to make it equitable for everyone. And so that criteria, we're lucky enough, is already um, created for us through Measure Triple D. So there's criteria that we have to um, adhere to and that we're communicating in our outreach meetings. So we have to adhere to um, creating districts that are proportionate, that they're pretty equal in size. We need to make sure that they're contiguous, that you're not skipping over different populations or communities or neighborhoods. Um, We need to take into consideration communities of interest. And so that's another important part of the work that we're doing right now is having people self-identify their community because we wanna keep communities and neighborhoods intact as much as we possibly can. Because that is something that, again, the importance of going back to your original question, like redistricting is so important because it is so impactful. It only happens every 10 years and it has those implications for a decade. So if you create districts that are put certain communities at a disadvantage or break them up, this is long lasting. This is for years. and you make it so that people might not be able to elect someone that represents their needs um, and makes them feel that they don't have a voice when it comes to their representation. So it's so important um, for for people to become involved, to know that, to know the long history of of redistricting, um, which has happened again since like the onset of the nation. you know, you hear terms like gerrymandering, right, which is a tool that has been used for a really long time, again, at all levels to, to make sure that incumbents keep seats or that um, seats are allocated to someone, you know, that maybe might not have the best intentions for all community members. So the fact that Long Beach 
um, that the people of Long Beach, the voters of Long Beach put forward this, uh, this measure and made it, you know, so that we have an independent redistricting commission is so novel, it's so democratic, right? Because it's all of us that are seated on this commission don't have um, political ambitions, right? We, we don't, we're not doing this to benefit ourselves. We, we won't benefit, the benefit we receive is the same that any resident of Long Beach will get, that we have a fair shot at electing someone that will represent us accurately. And so it takes it away from those that are elected. So in the past, um, district lines were uh, created by staff, city staff, at the direction of the city council and mayor. And so you could see how that would be mis, you know, not, well, it would be problematic to say the least. Mm -hmm. Its best intentions are there. It, it could, it's it's not independent of those that are elected or or will be impacted by those districts. So the fact that this is now independent and in the hands of regular citizens uh, or residents, um, that's a more appropriate word for, for this, um, then I think that's why it's so important. And I, I do hope that people understand that it's so long lasting and it has so many implications. Use the term earlier, I believe it was community of interest. Is that what you said? What does that mean exactly? Another great question. So this is like the buzzword, right? For redistricting, um, especially in our meetings, you would think that because community of interest is basically a community that that um, folks identify as sharing, you know, it could be cultural, it could be language, it could be economic, it could be environmental, just like shared traits, qualities that make it a community that, you know, you can um, identify as having specific needs and should be kept together. And, and we keep it very open on purpose because that could be so many things to so many people. So just using some examples of, of communities, communities of interest that have come forward and, and told us about, you know, their existence is like, people that are affected by the airport noise pollution, right? That's a community of interest because they all share this impact of the Long Beach airport. We also had a gentleman come forward and tell us about um, the community, uh, the historically black community in the sixth district. That's a community of interest. They share cultural and a historical place here in the sixth district. Um, we obviously have heard and have seen in the paper the Cambodian um, community, right? The Long Beach is the, the, the place where the biggest Cambodian diaspora is, right? The biggest community of Cambodians outside of Cambodia. So it, it could be so many different things to so many different people. So um, it's meant to be pretty broad because we want people to self-identify. Um, you know, a shared, a shared population that has similar interests. Now, I would assume that based on all of the commercials that we see when it comes time for the U.S. <laughs> census, um, that people are not extremely diligent with filling out their census. Can you explain to our listeners why filling out the census is so important? So, so important. Yes. Um, I think there's a lot of things that make it difficult for people to participate. It might be in the manner that, it, you know, they have to submit that um, information. It might be, it, well, it, I know that it is in this case, the pandemic made the 
the work of enumerators really difficult, right? I think people feeling like, you know, they're disclosing a lot of personal information that they might not want out there. But I think, um, again, and I think that's because I have that experience knowing that if you just give us a number and like range of ages, that that's really helpful. So we know how many people reside, you could not give anything else and that's okay. But yeah, there it's, it's difficult. There's a lot of um, independence and protection of our personal information that they feel like the census might be asking too much. It could be difficulty in in finding, uh, you know, maybe what you identify as and like those check boxes for identity and racial makeup. It might be difficult for people. It could also be, again, going back to your original question, people not knowing what redistricting is. So maybe if they knew what that is like what is this going to be used for and like the impact of that it might be more forthcoming with participating in the census but that is like a community education aspect that needs to happen and then I'm hoping that even though it's a little late for for census um, collection of information that in this part of the redistricting work that we're doing that we can now at the back end say like well that data is going to inform these districts so it's really important um so. so let's say you have you have the u.s census and i and i know you've expressed that you what you're doing you work off of the u.s census data mm -hmm. but let's say that we have a community that didn't do their due diligence with full, mm -hmm. filling out that u.s census is that where those um, special interest communities come in how can how can people make sure that they are properly counted if the census was kind of neglected? Yeah, um, there are some things that, that will be done, but obviously the community of interest um, portion is so key, right, to, to help with that. If you weren't able to, to um, communicate, you know, that you reside in a certain part of Long Beach through the, the census, um, the community of interest portion is really important for you, right? Because you can come in and you could say, I, I reside in District 4 and, and I belong to this community of interest and these are my concerns and this is what I want you to take into consideration when drawing maps. I think that is a good opportunity to make yourself count and make yourself heard and even go like that extra mile to explain to us, right, what that is. Because I'll go back to the example of getting a community of interest form from um, you know, a community that feels that they're impacted by the airport pollution or, or noise pollution, we wouldn't get that in the census. So that is a good, we get maybe a more thorough look through that lens, but it's also um, something that I think is, is known that you know, the collection of census data might've not been holistic in that manner. And that's why there's also, and this would have to be a question for, for the city staff, I know that they work with like new construction happening to create like a prediction of how many people will reside in Long Beach that might have not been counted during the, the enumeration portion of the census um, data collection. I know that they work with um, with the, uh, the Cal State, you know, here in Long Beach um, to see like how many of the students were here and not here and make an allocation of, of of you know how many of them reside here and how many don't. There's also like um, a moment where we're not able to, even when census data is released, we can't touch it or look at it as, um, as the commission because um, there's a prison 
of the allocation process. Mm. And so there are things, safeguards in the process that attempt to create like a real number, like with, with the census, but um, I'm limited to like going into how that process happened because it happened prior to, to me um, being in this body. So I think that would be good for a question for the city. Now, the the first meeting that you guys held where people could come in person, I I guess in my head, I thought I was going to come to this super packed auditorium. And it was, it was literally just me and two other people. So I was kind of surprised by that. But one of the things that um, one of the people who got up at the appropriate time to speak, she said that, you know, they're there in one district, but the services that they need are in another district. How do you address something like that? Yeah, that I heard that too. And yes, I was also hoping to come to an auditorium full of people. Um, that wasn't the case. But again, I think it's it comes from this new world of, you know, post vaccines, but not, mm-hmm. you know, the hybrid format is important. And it's important to keep that in mind that even though there were only a few bodies in the, in the auditorium, there were people on zoom or, and now kudo. Mm-hmm. So there are people, you might just not see them all in one space. And, and so I get that, but I do hope we, that participation gets um, higher and higher. Um, as to your question about, yeah, um, services being allocated to a certain district outside of it, um, or being that, or not being allocated to that district or housed outside of it. Those are definitely concerns that we need to hear. Um, I don't know, um, I don't have an answer for you right now as to how we're gonna do that work because right now in the process, we are just collecting information so that when we have an aggregate of all of those different things, we can try to put together something that works for all. But that is definitely something so important to note, right? That you know, representation for this district needs to, whoever comes to to be elected in that district in the future based on our lines comes in knowing that that is a need of this mm-hmm. district. Mm-hmm. They need services and hopefully the lines that we draw will help them get those services in, in their district. So that's an, a perfect example of making your community of interest known and like, I can't guarantee that that's not our role. We're just, our role is to create district lines that will hopefully let you elect the person that will make that happen for your district. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to come and voice their opinion and say, hey, this is a, you know, a special interest group that I think you need to consider, are they limited to only being able to do that in one of the hybrid meetings that are directly in their district or can they come to any meeting? So that's also an awesome question. So anybody can participate in any of the meetings that we host. Um, The charter requires that we make ourselves obviously very accessible. So we have to host um, a meeting in each of the the districts that are standing today. There'll be a few after that remain. And then we do have a citywide catch-all meeting, September 8th, I believe, um, that that will be open to, to anybody anywhere, anything. Um, so um, more information to come for, for sites for the last of the meetings, because again, we've also had to like quickly readjust and, and try our best to, to, to be there for the people in their own district. And if they can't make a meeting, can they still make their voices heard via email or anything like that? 
Yes, yes, that is key. So um, we have um, our, our longbeach.gov slash redistricting um, website, please. I, I know I sound like a broken record. I said every single meeting, but I really want to push people there because I know that it's my goal, our vice chair and our commissioners goal to be super transparent, to have everything up there. So all the meetings, all the memos, all the agenda items, everything, everything is posted there. The community of interest um, declarations that we receive, they're also posted there. So there's a collection of them there. And you, so you can definitely submit a community, community of interest form. And that form is already available on that same website. You could do it via email. You could drop it off at the city clerk's um, office. Um, you could phone in, again, if you can't attend. There's so many different ways. Um, you could just email the city clerk um, to submit it that way. Um, yeah, you could pick up a paper form. Um, and with that, I'm gonna take the opportunity to also say again, we're really trying to make this really, really um, accessible. And so we have heard some feedback about the mapping tool being pretty difficult to maneuver. So that is also something that we've made available in paper form. So if you want to like draw out and identify where your community of interest lies, those forms are also available at all of our meetings for you to pick up. And then it's also posted on our website. Okay, so that's so informative. And again, I just, I've heard some people have a concern about this, but mm -hmm. haven't really been involved. So I really appreciate you taking the time to and stress the importance of people getting involved and the different ways they can get involved. So the big meeting is um, September 8th for everyone. Obviously we'll update you on that and don't forget to go yeah. to the website, which is longbeach.gov slash redistricting, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want the public to know um, as you continue in this process? I just wanna say, you know, again, I. I want everybody to, to be involved in this. And I want everybody that, that feels that maybe we, um, you know, that, you know, the mapping tool is difficult or, or access is difficult. Please come forward by just emailing or calling the city clerk's office. Let us know. Um, we definitely want to make this accessible as possible. And I, and I welcome, you know, anybody that, that has any questions to submit them, that would be a better way to do it. I know that, that the formatting of these meetings is difficult because it is like receiving and it's not a dialogue. It's nerve wracking sometimes. And I could see how for someone to stand up to that mic and submit public comment could be intimidating, but please, I will not judge. No one will judge. There's no right to the way to do it. Just tell me this, this block in this area, this is a community of interest. And and please don't don't feel like there's any judgment involved. There's no right way to do it. Just come up and let us know. Well, I'm sure people will appreciate um, how open you are. And I hope everyone appreciates the understanding of how important this is, because obviously yes. this affects, like you said, all of us. And it's a direct impact on our communities for the next decade. So it yes. is a big deal. I definitely appreciate you coming out and spending time to talk to us about this today. And yes. I hope I can do my little part to help spread the word as well. Yes, I appreciate you so much reaching out. And again, sorry, I don't have all the meetings memorized, but I promise you, if you go to longbeach.gov slash redistricting, you'll find all of that and the whole redistricting plan. So you'll see exactly when you want to jump on board. If, if you know, if right now you're okay, or you feel like your, your concerns were, you know, met by someone else sharing their testimony about communities of interest, 
great, but make sure that you maybe jump on like the mapping hearings, right? Because then you get a say of like, you don't agree with a certain map or you wanna elevate a certain map. Um, so make sure um, whoever's out there listening, make sure you partake at some level because this does impact us for a decade. I can't emphasize that enough. This right. be a decade. So we need to make sure that we, we do this right and that we do right by all the, the members of the community of Long Beach. I know we stressed it a lot, but if by chance you missed it, that website again is longbeach.gov slash redistricting. Please make sure you are visiting the site frequently. You can go to a meeting in person or virtually. And remember, you can go to any meeting, not just a meeting in your district. This affects your community, so make sure you get involved. Coming up next, we are going to be meeting a member of the staff, and you'll get to know Brandon Richardson. Stay with us. The Queen Mary is one of Long Beach's most prized possessions, and it's been a part of our history for decades. In recent years, it's been mired in controversy. With its most recent operator filing for bankruptcy after years of mismanagement, and with hundreds of millions of dollars in repairs and unpaid debts. This Sunday, the Long Beach Post is publishing the first in a series of investigative stories, taking a deeper dive into this historic icon, finding out how we got here and what the future holds. Make sure you go to lbpost.com and sign up for our daily newsletter to be the first to find out. Welcome back to The Word on Long Beach. Once again, I'm your host, Jackie Ray. This is my favorite segment. I only get to do it once a month, but it's called Meet the Staff, where you get to meet a member of our staff. Now, I'm excited for a couple of reasons, because one, you're going to meet Brandon Richardson right now. And I, I'm excited because we hit it off right away. And number two, this is the first time I haven't had to practice the last name. I'm very excited <laughs> about that. So you have a very official title. I am not going to mess it up. So tell me what your title is. Uh, I am a reporter and the visuals editor of the Long Beach Business Journal. The visual. So that means everything falls to you. Yeah. And when it comes to how the, the paper looks, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes and how does that make you feel? Let's have a therapy moment right now. <laughs> uh, you know, not too bad. I, I feel pretty good. I think we've been doing some, some solid yes. things uh, with the the visuals side of the paper. I think yeah. so too. Now how, are you a, are you a Los Angeles or California native? Uh, Long Beach, born and raised. Long Beach, born and raised. Yep. Okay. So you went to what, Cal State Long Beach or? Uh, I, I did for a time okay. and then I dropped out. Okay. Uh, to, play, to play music. Uh, yeah, for, for a, a few years, six years or so, I traveled the, the country and also went to Europe playing music, but came back, I uh, went to Long Beach City College graduated with my AA and got a job at the Business Journal days later. So. I'm, see, this is all starting to make sense now because I did it the opposite. I graduated, got my degree, and then did nothing with it, moved out <laughs> here to LA, and then just was singing for about seven years yeah, why not? before I decided. So same path, just mm -hmm. slightly, slightly different. So you immediately graduated and got this Got a job? Yep. Uh, actually, my first interview with the Business Journal was the morning of my graduation on a Thursday. And then on Monday, I got a second interview and they hired me. Okay, let's talk. Let's put the karma out there because that's some pretty good karma <laughs> okay. that right after your the morning of your graduation and yes. then the same week you have a job. That's that's not I don't know if you've heard the stories, but that's not <laughs> that's it's not hard for it any job. But yes. journalism, it's a, a, exceptionally uh, challenging to yes. find a job. So I was very fortunate that they took a chance on me. So where did you hear about the job? Just um, actually, uh, I went to high school with Samantha Mellinger, who was then uh, the senior writer. Mm. Um, she posted about it. I 
sub submitted an application and they brought me in. And it just so happened that I was the one they, they liked the most for some reason. So this is where our, our roads diverge. <laughs> when I came back to journalism, it was a very hard road for me. Your, your road's been much more. Yeah, I, I will say the reason they went with me, there was applicants who had experience, who mm. were probably better, definitely better journalists than I was. But being a Long Beach native, I knew the area. And those certain people, they had people from New York and you know other places who no idea about Long Beach, didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I knew who the elected officials were. I knew the businesses. I knew what I liked about Long Beach and I knew the city. So that definitely got me in the door. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, even I've been here since 2006, the end of 2006, and I've lived everywhere. Gardena, Inglewood, Hollywood, Canoga Park, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. But Long Beach is its own animal, for yeah. sure. It is nothing like any of those places. Definitely. So... Being a, the native that you are, what's your favorite little hideout? What is your go-to place? Uh, you, you know what? That it's such a more difficult question now is it? in 2021 than right? it probably would have been at the beginning of 2020 um, because I don't do much mm. <laughs> anymore. Um, what was your go-to spot before? Were you are you a person who likes to go out a lot? Um, you know, I'm, I like to hang out with my friends mm -hmm. and where, where my friends go, I'll go. We, we hang out at, um, some of our buddies' apartments a lot, really, um, play video games and stuff like that, listen to music, a lot of records. Um, but we'll, we'll hit, we'll hit dive bars, mm -hmm. um, every once in a while. We used to do fourth street a lot. Um, I used to go to Broadway in the neighborhood a lot, mm -hmm. um, and then way on the outskirts, uh, more near my house, there's a Boomers. Okay. Uh, I had some have some friends that bartender bartend there. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but as in terms of not drinking, um, <laughs> I love the aquarium. Yes. The Pacific. I've mm -hmm. been a member for a few years now. Okay. Um, so I'm glad glad they made it through the pandemic mm -hmm. and and are doing well now. So going from music, though, and deciding, did you know even before you started your music career that journalism is where? No. So <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Um, but I am good at choosing careers that aren't uh, the biggest money makers, you know, music <laughs> right. into journalism. Mm -hmm. um, actually, before, straight out of high school, Lakewood High School, I went to Cal State Long Beach. I wanted to be an English teacher. Okay. Um, and... You know, but then I dropped out because we started traveling a lot more. And then when I decided to go back to school, I was like, okay, I'll just pick up where I left off. Um, but the cheaper route, um, do all my undergrad stuff at City College instead mm -hmm. of Cal State. Uh, my first semester back, I took one journalism class. It was a magazine writing class. Mm. And I, that, I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed anything else. And from then on, every semester was only journalism classes. Okay. And I ended up being editor-in-chief of the magazine um, and, the, and the newspaper, actually at the same time. And I was, might have been the first person ever to do oh, that wow. at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. Just fell in love with journalism and then was fortunate enough to get the job yeah. right when I was done. So what's been your favorite story you've done for the business journal? How long have you been with the business journal now? Five, over five and a half years. Okay, so that yeah. might be hard for you to pin down. Yeah, that, that is tough. I, I will say um, my current beats uh, are probably some of my favorite, and with space being the newest one. There's mm. a lot of things happening in the space sector in Long Beach. Um, and so I've been writing a lot of stories about 
uh, rocket launches and sending satellites into space and mm -hmm. new technologies that go along with that. Um, but I also cover the port a lot and and the Long Beach Airport. Uh, and there's always you know there's always things going on there. Mm -hmm. But with the Business Journal, we cover everything. I'll, right. I'll write about real estate, healthcare, education. There's really nothing that um, me and our one other business journal right. reporter uh, don't touch. Yeah, it's a unique perspective that you're born and raised in Long Beach. I feel like, I mean, obviously with the council people, you see that a lot. But as far as the general public that I'm meeting a lot of, a lot of people, I would say the vast majority, and I know I've only been here since May, <laughs> but the vast majority of people that I've been meeting have come to California specifically and then mm -hmm. fallen in love with Long Beach and then made their way here. It's yeah. not a lot of people that I've met that are born and raised here. So you do have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. What is it, the one thing, if you had met me before I started here at the Long Beach Post, what is the okay. one thing that you would say, hey, this is something you definitely need to know about Long Beach? And where would you recommend that I live in a swanky place without paying swanky money? Oh, swanky <laughs> place without swanky money. <laughs> Uh, that's that's getting that's getting a lot more difficult. Right. <laughs> um, but some something about Long Beach is it's its own city. Everyone always thinks of Long Beach as you know the little brother, little sister, the sibling of of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. But we're you know we'll see when the census data comes out. But we're nearing half a million people in Long Beach. Um, it's an expansive city. You know, to get to downtown, it takes me about twenty minutes. Right, I exactly. also live in Long Beach. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's without traffic. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's its own place. It has its own vibe, its own atmosphere, um, its own people. We're we're not the same as, no, as Los all. Angeles mm -hmm. uh, or our neighbors to the south in Orange County. We're mm -hmm. not the same as that either. One question I want to ask, because I think I know the answer. Your favorite musical artist since your background is in music. I don't know that I can give you just one. Okay, top five. Okay, a top five. So I'm going to base this on the bands that I will not miss a show when they come okay. to town. Um, Thrice, a local Orange County band, Manchester Orchestra, um, Thursday. Let's see, who else do I, would I never miss? He is Legend. Hmm. Take your time because I could probably yeah. Google all of these because I don't know anybody <laughs> you just named. <laughs> so are um, all of them local or all of them? No, these are the Thrice. They're from Orange County. Um, two of the bands are more from the South. Uh, Thursday is from New Jersey. Okay. Um, yeah, so they're from all over the place. Uh, Copeland. Copeland is in my top five. Uh, they're from Florida. Um, probably the most mellow of, of, mm -hmm. of that top five. Um, yeah, so that's probably it. But yeah, all over. Uh, some music's a little heavier mm -hmm. uh, than, than some of the others, so it might not be for everybody. Right. But I know uh, I got Tim Tim Grobady into Manchester Orchestra. Okay. Uh, during quarantine when he was stuck at home. So. And Tim Tim works here for the Post as well. He seems like he'd be very picky. Yes, he he so... he has a musical background mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, he plays and he used to actually cover uh, music. Uh, arts and entertainment. Yep. Um, maybe for the press telegram. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he he is he is a little picky, but he liked Manchester Orchestra. So okay, well, I feel one. like we're going to have to leave our word on Long Beach 
family out there with some homework. If you don't know those bands, maybe <laughs> look them up because it's cool to learn new bands, right? So again, this is my favorite, favorite time of the month. I only get to do this once a month, but that's okay because now you've met somebody new and important. Business Journal, also part of the Long Beach Post. Thank you so much for joining us, Brandon. Yeah, thank you for This is me. fun. Now I got to go look up these bands. I want to say thank you again to the chair of the Long Beach Independent Redistricting Commission, Alejandra Gutierrez and Brandon Richardson for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in to The Word on Long Beach. And don't forget, this podcast is here for you. If there is something happening in your community that you feel needs some attention, please reach out to me. You can send me an email at Jackie at lbpost.com. That's Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E. And thank you guys again so much for joining us. I'm Jackie Ray, and I'll see you next week.